Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. May 13th, 2021. Three questions Disney's Bob Chapek needs to answer to reinvigorate Disney shares. Disney is set to report fiscal Q2 March 2021 earnings after the close today. Following a huge rebound from the depths of the pandemic last spring, Disney stock has stalled out year to date. The following three issues could serve as meaningful catalysts for Disney shares over the coming year. Number one, explain why ESPN and ABC need to be part of Disney. We do not believe any major Disney investor today is excited about the future prospects of ESPN and ABC. Most investors simply choose to look past it, hoping neither asset becomes too big of a financial challenge or burden that distracts from the excitement around Disney+. While you could simply spin ESPN alone, that has become more complicated as ESPN and ABC have become intertwined around sports content, such as the NFL and NBA. With all the best studio content heading first to streaming, the future of ABC is grim at best. Sure, you can force advertisers who want to buy Hulu ads to also buy ABC ads, but why not just focus them on Hulu and lead hard into the future? Why bother protecting the past, especially given the rapidly aging and increasingly unappealing demographics of linear TV viewers? Putting fresh, original, general entertainment content on linear TV in 2021 is basically a death sentence. While we are sure there are folks inside ESPN who believe they can make the direct-to-consumer pivot, where all of ESPN content appears on ESPN Plus at $25 or $30 a month, the transition is very challenging with little visibility on success. The complexity with full over-the-top ESPN is that distributors will likely shift ESPN's cable networks to a la carte or tiered or even dropped, while ESPN Plus will have to aggregate enough D2C subscribers at far higher monthly prices and somehow convince them to stay all year even if they only care about a certain sport. With mostly national sports content, we are highly skeptical that ESPN could convince even 20 million subscribers to pay $25 per month for the entire year, let alone the 30 to 35 million subscribers they would need to replicate their current MVPD, VMVPD economics. Exiting ESPN and ABC would dramatically reduce Disney's exposure to the legacy multi-channel bundle and associated cord-cutting fears, not to mention its overall exposure to linear TV advertising. Not only would the remaining Disney assets multiple move meaningfully higher, but it would allow management to focus on the parts of the business that all work well together, the Disney content flywheel. We can understand why Disney did not spin off ESPN ABC as COVID-19 hit. But with the worst of the pandemic hopefully behind us and the world reopening, our one big idea for Chapik appears to make more sense now than ever. While we have no idea how the ESPN-ABC spinoff would trade, we suspect there are many other companies that could find value in a merger. Also, freeing themselves from the Disney brand would enable ESPN and ABC to make a far more aggressive push into sports betting. Number two, why not buy Comcast out of Hulu today? In our top 21 for 21, we highlighted the logic of exiting the Hulu partnership with Comcast earlier than 2024. Comcast clearly wants out early to focus on Peacock, while Disney should want out early as well for two reasons. Number one, the cash cost of buying Comcast out is only rising as Hulu grows in size and scale. 
and two, enables a more integrated approach to Hulu and Disney+, Plus, as Disney is doing with Star in Europe, where Hulu does not exist. The current pending arbitration between Disney and Comcast tied to the launch of Hulu overseas, under the guise of the Star brand, would appear to create a unique opportunity for a win-win for both companies. While a big cash payout would clearly be positive for Comcast, more fully integrating or simply combining Disney Plus and Hulu into the U.S. would enable far greater daily engagement with Disney Plus. Disney Plus's biggest challenge to driving ARPU is that it is often lightly used. If there is a Marvel or Lucas film series, they come in for an hour once a week, but few just turn on Disney Plus to surf and find something. Combining Hulu and Disney Plus would enable a broader content experience and give adults more reasons to touch Disney Plus daily. With Disney Plus at $7.99 and Hulu at $5.99 with ads and $11.99 without ads, a full integration is certainly complicated given Netflix and HBO Max pricing. However, the upside to engagement and churn reduction would drive meaningful long-term TAM and pricing power. Remember, in the U.S., HBO Max has more subscribers than both Hulu and Disney+, Plus, with Netflix dramatically higher than both services. We suspect Disney wants to keep its Hulu advertising business versus shifting it to ad-free, as they have done with Star, given their ad ARPU is around $10 per sub per month. But similar to HBO Max, which is going to offer a $10 tier with ads in certain content, we could see a similar model evolve for Disney plus Hulu. Maybe a price point like $12 with ads and $18 without ads. Those price points would be a, about $2 cheaper than where Disney prices the triple play bundle with ESPN Plus today. Number three, will Disney Plus be the second window for Disney movies in 2022? Despite the incredible success of Disney Plus to date, Disney has made it abundantly clear that theatrical remains important for its blockbuster franchise movies as illustrated in the Marvel teaser trailer embedded to the right. The question now becomes how Disney is thinking about theatrical release windows as its business, and more, maybe even more importantly, its multiple shifts to streaming growth. We continue to believe day-and-date theatrical and streaming is the optimal strategy, with the recent hybrid model being utilized by Warner Brothers, clearly illustrating that making content available at no extra cost in the home via SVOD does not prevent consumers from going to the movies to see the film. That said, even Warner Brothers is not fully bought into day and date and is shifting back to a 45-day window for blockbusters in 2022, smaller movies likely to be SVOD only or day and date. However, it does appear that Warner Brothers will permanently shift windowing, with HBO Max's release coming before home entertainment, DVD, EST, and rental. Note Paramount is shifting to Paramount Plus being the second window after theatrical and before home entertainment. The huge question, therefore, for Disney is how will they sequence movies in 2022? Will they stick with day and date premiere access with a $30 PVOD as, and theatrical as they are doing in the second half of 2021? Or will they go back to exclusive 30 to 60 day theatrical? Will Disney continue to have home entertainment after theatrical? Or will it be included on Disney Plus? become the second window like HBO Max and Paramount Plus. While making quote-unquote free on Disney Plus the second window will inevitably pressure theatrical revenues, getting content sooner to Disney Plus would appear to have significant benefits to engagement and ultimately pricing power.
Fresher movies on Disney Plus is even more important as Netflix, Amazon, Apple, and others push more aggressively into the movie business with little to no windows after theatrical. Hopefully, Disney realizes that the upside to streaming is far more valuable than whatever the home entertainment revenue streams could be in 2022 and beyond.